I feel like this is something that you and I will never fully understand because we don't live the life of a woman. And a lot of women tell me that they, they live in some state of fear at all times about rape. I do empathize with that. I really do. But with a lot of them, it's wishful thinking. (laughs) Hold on. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. No one's going there with a lot of you people, okay? A weekend to remember in New York City. Started early Thursday. An unhinged Muslim in a rage about a city boot on the wheel of his car. Confronted by police, came up swinging a cleaver at the cops. Hacking into the face of an off-duty detective. Taken down in a hail of bullets. Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m., Seaside Park, New Jersey, a trash can exploded. Three pipe bombs were tied together, placed to target Marines running at an annual 5K, no injuries, but unsettling. Saturday night, it's all right for fighting, but it's even better for jihad. (laughs) As a ground-shaking explosion heard and felt across several city blocks, rocked the lower Manhattan neighborhood of Chelsea. The deafening blast shattered windows, blew the dumpster across the street, sent people scrambling for cover. It was placed in a construction dumpster on 23rd Street near 6th Avenue in front of Sellis Manor, which houses 200 of New York City's blind residents. And they don't really need to be losing another sense. No. With deafening blasts. Wow, shattered windows. As the neighborhood tried to pull itself together, a second bomb was found a few blocks away on 27th. A reasonably comprehensive terror attack was underway. A 911 caller warned there will be more attacks. And Saturday was new police commissioner James O'Neill's first day on the job. Welcome to Manhattan, Jimmy. (laughs) Officially sworn in Monday as the new top cop of the nation's largest police force. Joining me now, Clayton Fletcher. Hey, Clayton. Hey, Pat. Are you uh, afraid now in New York City? No, I won't let them win. That's what they say, is that they win for... (laughs) New Yorkers won't be intimidated. and, And the funny thing is... I don't find myself having a lot of these thoughts like, oh, what if, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I, I walk past the same stuff I've always walked past. I do look and go, yeah, I bet it would be easier to blow something. I mean, like, there's so many opportunities that you start to see. Like, uh, you see, like, an old piece of furniture, and you go, man, that'd be a good place to put a bomb. Wouldn't swallow so much of the explosion like that dumpster did. You know, the dumpster kind of saved the fact that it was in there. Yeah. Helped. It really helped a lot. It's just amazing how such a high percentage of all crime somehow involves a dumpster. <laughs> I think if we really want to stop crime, we should get rid of all the dumpsters. Yeah. <laughs> the, the problem is not jihad or uh, any kind of mental illness. Mm-hmm. The problem is too many dumpsters. He hates these cans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know, but it, it definitely involves uh, Muslims in, uh, over this weekend. Uh, the, the, we have the cutter with the, uh, oh, with, the yeah. with the cleaver, and uh, I believe he was shouting, uh, what is that they always shout uh, about Allah? Uh, uh, something about Aladdin. Allah Akbar or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he was, uh, I believe, doing some of that, and that was quite a story. Um, when that story broke and they didn't release any details about the uh, the suspect... I'm just thinking to myself, uh, please, just this once, let it be a white guy. Now, why is that? Why do you, <laughs> why do you feel that way? I don't know. I just I don't want there to always be this. Uh, you know, I maybe because 
some of my friends are Muslim, mm. and I don't want them all to get this bad rap. But it feels like every time there's some horrific crime, mm-hmm. it, and it's never just like a guy that has a vaguely Muslim-sounding name. It's always like you know Ahmad, Rahim, yeah. <laughs> they Mohammed. Tend, they tend yeah. to get stuck on a favorite name, though. <laughs> to be fair, you know the the number one name for cab drivers in the city is Muhammad. Right. The number two name for cab drivers in the city is Muhammad. Yeah. The numbers three through five are all variant spellings. Spellings of Muhammad, uh, it's a popular name. So uh, you know that said, uh, there it does seem to be a connection beyond names and like. But but isn't that what you're saying? Just a reverse way of saying, yeah, it's always you. Yeah, I mean, w- w- because there was so much backlash when they first discovered that the police and the FBI were profiling. Uh, people, you know, in airports, and then now they have random, and we use quotation marks for random security checks at the airport yeah. because we don't want to say, look, we have to watch the Muslims <laughs> <laughs> because they are the most likely individuals to commit heinous crimes against America. I, yeah, I, I, I got to say, for the record, I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what's wrong with profiling. I'm not exactly sure about that. I guess on a large scale, you could say, you know, uh, that that if we were to say round up all the Muslims yeah. and search them, okay, that would be wrong. However, uh, in certain situations, we have, you know, like, it, it's profiling a situation as well. We're not searching people in the street. We're searching people in, in airports, you know? So, like, it, it, this is uh, not inhibiting uh, anybody's right to, to go buy, uh, you know, a, a bag of hummus or, you know, however it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just your white privilege, Pat. You don't see how it would be so inconvenient if your name were Mohammed Ahmed mm-hmm. to just have a nice trip to visit your family in Georgia or something. Yeah. Uh, you have to stop and get frisked and ask a thousand questions just to get on a plane. Yeah. You know, my personal opinion is that there's no real good way around it because statistically, uh, I think it's somewhere near a hundred percent of the terrorist acts have been committed by Muslims. Huh. But you know, well, I mean, you know, there is we, the Oklahoma City bombing, right. uh, Tim McVeigh, and uh, right, yeah, uh, you do have a few, and and the San Bernardino, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, though, though, no, those guys were Muslims. Oh, they were too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they were. I was trying to help. <laughs> no, the Sarnovs, I believe, also. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, sure. I mean, look, and and. Uh, White people do all kinds of heinous things. You know what I mean? Like oh, uh, yeah. uh, white uh, white people. Uh, uh, I guess when you look at the volume that you steal, like if a guy runs into a liquor store and he's black and he and he uh, demands the money and, and and he runs off, say with two hundred dollars, you know, his punishment was generally going to be a lot worse than someone who steals two hundred million dollars. Uh, he's going to go to a, a lot rougher of a place and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So it's like uh, it's like the, uh, the lyric in the song is like, steal a little when they throw you in jail, steal a lot and they make you king. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, once you have the money, you got the money. So uh, I don't know if it's my white privilege or not. I, I guess uh, white privilege is, 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 is something that I struggle with. Uh, I, I don't I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do about that. The struggle is real. It, it seems as if saying that someone is, is experiencing white privilege is sort of like saying, um, it's it's sort of like calling somebody a spoiled brat, right? <laughs> and it's and it's also sort of like you talk about generalizing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, clearly the reason you think this is your white <laughs> privilege. It's like, oh, well, that stops me in my tracks. You know, I mean, yeah. that's like saying, uh, oh, well, the only reason you feel this is your black anger. You know, right. I mean, like that would be that uh, wouldn't fly. No, a little inappropriate. Yeah, that wouldn't fly. But uh, but know. the fact is, because we are white, uh, certain things that happen to people that aren't white won't happen to us, such as being profiled in the airport. 
So right. what I mean is not to say, oh, you're a spoiled brat, but just we don't, we can't, we, it's easy for us to say, yeah, they should profile all the Muslims at the airport, right? Because we're never going to have that happen to us. Well, no, I didn't <laughs> say that. What I said was, <laughs> what I, I was questioning what is exactly wrong with profiling. I wasn't saying, here's what should happen. No. Uh, and I'm not even thinking that you need to profile all Muslims. Maybe you profile uh, a past uh, travel pattern or something. In, in the case of the bomber here, he had spent a year in Pakistan, and that's where he became radicalized. He got very devout while he was there. He was in high school. He was a, a regular kid, uh, you know, outgoing, fun-loving. His, his friends say he came back, and he was a completely different guy. Yeah, well, that's what radicalization will do to you. It's a life changer. <laughs> Whole different guy now. You know, Ice he, cream tastes different. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to like uh, the Yankees. What happened? One Direction, no yeah. longer of interest. You know, it's, it's, I got to bomb some stuff. It's uh, it's tragic, really, because like uh, we we lose a lot of gra- what I'm sure would be uh, fine, great American citizens, and they end up uh, in prison and they bomb and they hurt people, and that's what we have here. We have how many injured? Twenty nine was the last count that I heard. Uh, and the Chelsea bombing, nobody killed. No one did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and uh, two bombs went off. Nobody killed, and uh, a small number of injured people. And they seem to emphasize the inju- injuries were mostly minor. And uh, then we had actually a more serious injury in the case of the Cleaver swinging madman. I want to go into a little bit of details about a couple of these crimes. I guess it's uh, probably of interest. Now the name of the bomber. Uh, who they picked up, and it's amazing they were able to find him so quickly. Uh, his uh, his name is uh, Amami, Amrami Assam. Uh, uh, no, it's Ahmad Khan Rahami, 28 years old. Yeah, it described as armed and dangerous, and uh, they caught him on on video. There, it was uh, the, you know the, everything's on video now. The entire city is being videoed. Yeah, so criminals, if you come to New York hoping to commit a crime, just know there there were always be a video camera pointed at you. Can I just say that your statement just then was very, very similar to O'Neill's statement once oh. they caught this guy. So the message is clear. If you're going to do something bad in New York City, you are going to pay the price and you're going to face justice. Well, uh, Tough talk. They, <laughs> he's the new guy. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. So, and, and also, uh, if, if they're, they're assuming that um, he planted these other bombs, or five bombs altogether fi- uh, found, it seems, uh, that we're, uh, that, you know, we have the, the three that were, they were uh, bundled together, and then we had the one that was found on 27th, and then we have the one that, was, that went off on, on 23rd. So the one on 27th actually did not detonate. And I, I understand that was because people found it. Yeah, what happened is it was a, it was in a duffel bag, and they have uh, they have uh, Rahami's uh, uh, he's on you know video, and he's wheeling it up in a duffel bag, uh, one of those, long, and he leaves it there. And then a couple of guys come along after I believe the twenty thirty street explosion, I believe, uh, but they take it out of the bag and they leave it on the street, and then they leave with the duffel bag. They they wanted the duffel bag. Right now, the police want them in co- uh, to question. They want to question these guys to see, like, um, you know, the, we don't think this guy was exactly working alone. Uh, is maybe they thought that it needed to be outside the bag, you know, to get better. Um, oh, like you know, maybe these cause, guys because the, cause the dumpster contained it, yeah. But they they want to like um, reassure them that uh, they're not in danger of being arrested. <laughs> we just want to talk to we you. We just want to talk to you about why the fuck did you take that uh, pressure cooker, which is what it was. We have a few questions. The woman said it looked like a science project, and once the bomb went off and then she saw this weird-looking thing, she called 911. Now she's a hero. Very similar to um, a bomb that was another bomb that was found in Elizabeth, New Jersey. 
digging through the trash. <laughs> yeah, the dumpster all goes back to the dumpster, Pat. It all goes back to the dumpster. <laughs> they say the guy's a pretty good bomb maker. Yeah, and not that a, good. Only 29 injured, none killed. Yeah, but the <laughs> the bombs itself, not not to blame. They did what they were supposed to do. They were just laid improperly. I am sick and tired of this bomb blaming. Yeah. <laughs> don't blame the bomb, okay? Don't, don't blame the bomb maker. <laughs> blame the bomb placer. <laughs> You have to have both skills, apparently, to be a successful bomber. A right. good bomb maker, not a good bomber. He said, you don't get that good on the internet. So no, they, they believe he got military training uh, or, or, you know, a weapons training, uh, bomb technicians uh, in the investigation. They say if he constructed them all, he's doing, he's doing pretty well. Uh, he, uh, he and his family had traveled periodically to Pakistan on one trip. He stayed nearly a year. Uh, there's no evidence that he had a uh, military training over there, but you know he's well, there's no pretty evidence. good at making bombs. <laughs> and he wasn't before. Well, they found uh, this guy as they started to look for him. They said, Rom- "You know, Romani's uh, armed. He's dangerous." He was sleeping when they found him in a uh, in the in like a vestibule area yeah. of of a uh, bar. The guy tried to shoo him away, and he saw. Oh, I think that's the guy because he saw his picture everywhere, and he called the police. They show up. They rouse him. He starts shooting, and uh, they get into a running gunfight, which is, you know, what a what a fun. My favorite kind of gunfight, by yeah. the way. <laughs> that guy's shooting over his shoulder. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he hit one guy in the bulletproof vest, and another guy was shot in the car. Uh, not in his car, but he was in his car. It glazed, it, it grazed off his face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, he's fine. Everybody's fine. They're very close to being killed, but uh, I mean, it's a dramatic thing. I'm sure when a bullet whizzes past you and cuts up your face a little bit, you would what, know a little, better. Little than chin I... music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the high hard one. There. He was probably standing too close to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you brush him back. Yeah. They later saw him near 23rd Street and Avenue of the Americas, wearing a backpack they believe contained one pressure cooker bomb. That must be a really tense thing to be walking around with a couple of bombs on you. Yeah. I mean, I've never tried it myself. I know that I've. I've had things on my person in the past that I didn't want people to know I was carrying. Oh. You know, never a bomb, of course, but... Yeah, see, it, stop and frisk would have solved this. Yeah, you're, <laughs> if we could just profile everyone with a beard <laughs> everyone <laughs> and a backpack. If you have a beard and a backpack, I want to see what's in the bag, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not? I don't have a beard or a backpack. Yeah, yeah, white privilege. There you go. Yes, uh, I thank God for my white privilege. Sometimes it's all you have. Yes, it is. I don't know what it... I guess what we've been doing in this conversation is checking our privilege. I'm so checking is, my privilege. Now, by checking it, does that mean, like, you, you leave it with a girl and you got to pay her a couple bucks to get it back? You check it at, at the, the airport. Yeah. You check it. It the flies underneath the plane. The check $30. Yeah. You can carry on your privilege. You get That's one, free. one free bag of, 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 of privilege. <laughs> And then the second one. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, the carry-on privilege is free. What a deal. Yeah. Well, it, unless you fly Southwest, then you can, you know, what, as much privilege as you want. And that does kind of make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if you're going to put up with uh, with singing flight attendants and whatnot, you know, then they, that's what they do, right? I, yeah. I've only... I've never flown Southwest. Maybe once, I think. And then they, they, they burst into the... They just fill the, fill the cabin with yeah. their... The, with the uh, rich tones of their voice. They're all uh, sort of, all the flight attendants on Southwest are like frustrated musical theater performers. Yeah, kooks is what you mean. Yeah, they, did, they didn't make it on Broadway, <laughs> so now they just, they get to sing at 30,000 feet. It's yeah. a good time. Yeah, they treat this uh, this, this confined uh, uh, <laughs> cabin filled with unhappy travelers <laughs> as their own personal open mic. Hey, if you give me a microphone, I know I'm supposed to do the safety briefing, but while I'm at it, Maybe a few bars from Hello Dolly. Yeah. Good times. (laughs) 
Well, uh, the uh, unexploded bomb found over there had it did have some critical clues, and apparently now uh, the, the now the, that guy's locked up. Okay, now the FBI questioned some other people. Now yeah. the homeless guy who was a hero. Uh, his name was Ivan White. And he knew that his friend Lee Parker needed a backpack. Uh, so when 56-year-old retiree saw one perched on a metal trash can on the corner of North and East Broad Street in Elizabeth, New Jersey, he said, let's grab that. Wow, providence of the Lord, I said to myself. <laughs> wow, that's a direct quote. <laughs> that's what it says. Providence of the Lord. That's, that's, that, that's how homeless people talk when no one's around. And that's like, how the like, homeless... Like Shakespearean of... <laughs> shit. Wow, providence of the Lord, I said to myself. But soft <laughs> is a backpack I spy. <laughs> Tis. He said he had inadvertently stumbled on a force set of explosives, uh, which were undiscovered over the weekend uh, between uh, New Jersey and New York. Uh, his friend Parker, he's homeless, he's been living in his car, was equally unaware of the magnitude of their find. They thought they found something valuable at first. They, they thought it was a free bag, and then they said, oh, I figured we could use it for work. I could put my lunch in there. And then the new bag, uh, grabbing the new bag, carrying it roughly a block away before the weight of the item forced him to place it on the ground got heavy. So this is yeah. really heavy. Let me take this bomb out. Right. And they saw a series of wires and metal pipes. They said they in instantly recognized it as an explosive device because uh, White says he, he served in the Navy. So he pulled out his cell phone, called the police right now. Uh, hey, so uh, he, this, is, this is a quote from me. Said, then big, burly John Wayne SWAT-looking policeman came walking up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, where's the bomb? That's the worst. That sounded like Reagan. Well, <laughs> how come uh, de Blasio, so, I mean, I think I know why. He's reluctant to say explosive, uh, say bomb. He, they, explosive explosive an, an explosive device. device was found, and there's no link to terror. And we think that, uh, I mean, like, saying there's no link to terror, I get it. If you don't have the... Well, we don't have that yet. You know what I mean? There's no link. But right. to say it, I felt the implication was to say that it wasn't terrorism, that it wasn't an act of terror. Now, my theory on that is pretty simple. It's just like the Mayor Vaughn, Mayor Vaughn character in Jaws. You know, you say Barracuda, people go, huh? huh? You say shark. We got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Absolutely. I think that the mayor was calling it an explosive device. And telling everyone that this was that we didn't have any link to terror, mm. to try to keep everybody as calm as possible for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really think that he was thinking, "Oh, this is just an explosive device, and there's no terror link here." I, I think that. But isn't that very condescending and and sort of presumptuous that that we would believe or even want that? So, listen, everybody, don't panic. <laughs> We've just hit an iceberg. It's going to be fine. All right. <laughs> Don't worry. This is not a problem until I say it's a problem. Yes. Then there's four more explosions, and all of a sudden it's oh, there might be a terror link. You know, Potential. he finally said uh, we have every reason to believe this every is an act reason. of terror. Yeah. yeah. Once they caught the guy, right? And the guy is uh, again with the uh, you know, a la uh, Akbar and everything. Yeah. So here's the what, and and he is radicalized and and all that stuff. So. Uh, in fact, uh, his family filed a claim against the city uh, of, uh, I guess it was Elizabeth. There's where have their, uh, he has a fried chicken place. First American fried chicken. Great his parents name. Own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know that somebody is trying too hard when they name their fried chicken joint, it's like a bank. <laughs> you know? First American <laughs> Providence. This is a respectable business. Yes. Well, they were open 24 hours. They were attracting a lot of seedy characters and making a lot of unwanted noise in the neighborhood. Of, uh, you know, people gathered around and using it as a, uh, a sort of, I don't know what you would call it, where people go to a rendezvous and, and uh, whatever it is they do. A mosque, I think uh, it's called. 
<laughs> Just think, kidding. Yeah. We're going to get letters. Fried chicken and uh, House of Allah. <laughs> but um, they, uh, so they made them close at 10 o'clock. That was a new rule. And they, and they said, well, this is anti-Muslim. And I just don't think you can really make that claim successfully that a place is going to make your, they're going to make you close your business and it has nothing to do. The, it's never any problem. There's no noise, no people gathering around. I just don't think that anybody thinks that way at this point. They're like, hey, Muslims, let's just harass them for no reason. No, people play the race card way more than they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and I, I have the certain, religion card in this case. Yeah, right. Yeah, sorry, I meant to say religion card. They just they blame. Oh, this is not because of something we did or a problem that our business establishment is causing. Yeah. No, this is because of who we are. Mm. Yeah. Well, who you are is loud after ten o'clock. So yeah. we're closing. <laughs> yeah. You guys just keep it down a little bit. Keep it down. You be won't have as Muslim as you yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I think we've demonstrated a fair amount of tolerance here. Okay. Well, uh, I, I would move on to this. Uh, to the, now, the guy who got uh, booted just became furious that he was booted, and you know, there's video of him trying to knock this boot off for an hour. And he uh, he couldn't get it off. Apparently, his boots pretty hard to remove. Yeah, they don't make them like they (laughs) they don't make this thing easy to get off for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. What a great thing! What a great I I gotta say that is just one of the most nauseating inventions of our time. Yeah, the boot. So now I can see my car. I can even put the key in the ignition if I want to. I can rev the engine. I can rev the... But I can't go anywhere. No, I have to sit here. That is so frustrating. Where's my meat cleaver? Yes. (laughs) Oh, right here in my waistband where I always keep it. (laughs) Pulled it out of his waistband. Ballsy to keep. Well, I mean, you know, next to your balls. Very ballsy. I wouldn't want to have an 11-inch meat cleaver stuck into the waistband of my pants, especially not while I'm stomping on a a boot on my car. If I pull something that's 11 inches out of my waistband. (laughs) The Wi-Fi kiosk in New York, (laughs) speaking of pulling out your 11-inch cleaver, (laughs) uh, are now uh, closed for business. There's no internet on the the free Wi-Fi kiosk in New York City. Uh, They were designed to take the place of phone booths and... So people can consult maps, you know, and check the weather, charge the phones. Because that's yeah. what, yeah, yeah, exactly. Go online and and uh, but they, they don't want you going online and and you know uh, catching up on uh, uh, what you know whatever the show is, a Good Wife or whatever. You know what I mean? They don't want you watching whole <laughs> series. They want you to uh, you know get on and get off, do what you got to do. It's like a phone, you know. That's what they they envisioned that that's what would happen when they put up. Free Wi-Fi here in a key. No, every that's a good way to repurpose phone booths, sure. I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, now people just uh, in in old phone booths, they tend to just piss. And now you know, uh, not only that, but you can you know masturbate and watch porn. It's like uh, like free porn in the streets. Clearly now, in retrospect, I don't know that I immediately thought that would happen, but. Uh, it seems like somebody who is in charge of planning that shit should have realized it. You know what I mean? Well, you said a minute ago, the original idea is you go on, you get off. <laughs> so yeah. they've done that. Yeah. Uh, I think when I first saw that they were going to have these stations set up in the old phone booths, I thought that they would have a blocker on what sort of content can be viewed on there. Sure. You know, maps of the city, where's the Museum of Modern Art, right? This kind yeah. of thing should be okay. Or it could direct you to a massage parlor where you could be jacked up. Maybe, yeah, possibly. But as far as, like, you know, hot girl-on-girl action mm-hmm. on 34th and 10th, I didn't expect that at all. No. And that, it, it seems like that, that like some kind of porn blocker would have been an automatic. It would yeah. have been an automatic, but in fact it wasn't, probably because the American Civil Liberties Union or somebody else said, well, if you're going to provide this to the public, you're not allowed to limit 
what they, you know, freedom of speech. And <laughs> I'm sure that's why in public libraries through most of the country, you can actually view whatever type of material you'd like to view. That's right. It isn't against the law to look at porn on a library computer, which I think is ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous. I'm not for that. Yeah. I mean, I, people make it the wrong idea. You know what I mean? I mean, just because I am uh, a consumer of porn on occasion, any man is. I would say an enthusiast. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you'd be surprised. A champion of yeah. the porn industry. I know. There have been periods in my life where I've watched it uh, more than I probably should have uh, for right. more days in a row than I should have. I mean, like, any behavior uh, can become habitualized. And I, I, I think that I'm a living proof of that. However, uh, I, I don't think it's something that people should watch all the time, and I certainly don't think that people should watch it in public. Right. I don't know how anybody could focus on that. I'd be so embarrassed. There's well, some people have no shame. I remember the old days when there were phone booths, and sometimes there would be someone in the phone booth, mm. and you'd have to wait until that person got off the phone so that you could use it, mm. and how frustrating that was. Imagine waiting for a guy to finish rubbing one out until I can use the computer. I would probably just say... I think I'll just use my cell phone like the rest of mankind. <laughs> it's, it's funny, yeah, because these days everybody has a cell phone. Everybody's on the Internet all the time. Everybody is, like, looking down at the Internet in their hand. So I've never touched one of these booths, whether they were free, open, or not. You know, no. like, and de Blasio's response to the initial complaints about homeless people that are camping around, they're congregating, and they're, some of them are masturbating. I was like, well... I think New Yorkers are pretty assertive, so I think that's going to work itself out. Basically, tough shit. It's up to you to do something about it, you know. And then he listened a little bit. I guess these uh, they actually uh, caught a guy, you know, in the he was arrested for this for masturbating at a, at a booth, a homeless guy. And so I guess that that, is, I guess that was that was their enough is enough. Okay, that They're is probably just illegal. Looking, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it is actually illegal to masturbate in public. Okay. I, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. I There's been numerous law. busts for that over the years since we started doing this show in 2011. Yeah. If we were to count up everybody who was masturbating or just uh, otherwise, uh, you know, exposing themselves, there, there have been a, a great deal of them. I remember the guy uh, got arrested for masturbating in, in front of the lady on the train the other day, uh, and he had done it. Apparently, they found another case of it before, and he was on video. He's in there touching his dick, and uh, like really, the lady just yelled at him until he got off the train. Pretty funny. That was a great video. Yeah. Very viral. And and very. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very viral, very irate, and then she starts off fairly calm, you know, and then the way it builds and stuff, and then she's until she's really, I can't believe she's not physically attacking this guy. What we need is is her to patrol these kiosks. <laughs> yeah, let's get that lady. Are you touching your dick? <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy's gonna get off the train. He's not even on the train. He's gonna go get on a train and get off of it. Right. Well, yeah. different takes on this from uh, people who have commented. I was reading a story about it in the New York Times which is not my paper of choice, but I just happened to catch the story. I'm not sure it's true that the kiosks were used for porn, she says. Uh, I, could, I could tell this is written by a female. I live off 8th Avenue in the 40s, and yes, people were using them, at times listening to music, other times talking to friends, parenthetically, and even having arguments. Ooh. But it's not clear that they were being used for prom. I assume that autocorrected from porn. Other than maybe an isolated incident. This reminds me of the urban legend that standard hotel guests were exposing themselves to Highline visitors. I don't remember uh, anyone wanting to shut down the standard, probably because they were expensive hotel guests, not homeless. If it had been a shelter, that would have, of course, been a different matter. Now, let's pause and consider that for a moment. Uh, a homeless shelter made 
entirely on one side out of windows, and there's homeless exhibitionists who want to <laughs> have sex in front of people. And they have a captive audience of visitors to the High Line. Yeah. Right? People are always on the High Line. It's one of the big attractions here in New York. I never thought about it, but yeah. I mean, this was before the High Line was complete, but uh, when, the, when the, the thing started about the standard... I don't think that's an urban legend. First of all, I think that she's mistaken. I'm pretty sure that that's, yeah, that, that is something that happened. I'm sure it also was to attract people to the hotel and was blown up for a little bit more than it was. But publicity. I mean, like, it, it's yeah. obviously a, a big glass, you know, uh, one side of the building. Yeah, and I'm sure that someone had sex with the curtains open. Uh, let's move on. So there's nothing wrong with giving people who have limited means access to the things that most of us take for granted. Well, no one's saying there's anything wrong with that. I hate when people say things like that. <laughs> We're just like, you're, this is the straw man argument or whatever. There's nothing wrong with giving people who have limited means access to the things most of us take for granted. You're right. And, uh, and no one's disagreeing with you. I think that the people who are complaining just don't like to be reminded that this is a diverse city i.e. with homeless and destitute, as well as the more mainstream. It what? is a diverse city, and we have masturbators yeah. in it. As if yeah, masturbators <laughs> lend to the diversity. <laughs> there are people in this city That's who That's actually like one to... of the few things everybody agrees on. <laughs> there are people in this city who enjoy touching themselves on the street corner. Yeah. And, yeah. and some people don't like to be reminded of that, Pat. <laughs> and then, well, what the complainers probably don't like is that the kiosks weren't being exclusively used by people searching on Yelp. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. Right. I want it used exclusively by them. Right. What a... Yeah. Idiot. It was always heartening to see people of seemingly limited means, seemingly, you know, Mm -hmm. because they haven't bathed in ever... Uh, enjoying the service. It's too bad that this is being discontinued, i.e. that the services uh, services supporters are running the other way. I'd suggest an audit of the browsing history to see whether, uh, in fact, improper there was, in fact, proper uh, improper usage, and then maybe have some limitations placed on sites that were offensive. Well, Ironic. See, that was my idea. And then let's, she says, yeah, it's an obvious one, yeah, too. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, let's uh, block some of these sites. It's yeah. ironic that uh, Las Denudas... <laughs> <laughs> are just a block away, but don't take that service away. See, the problem isn't the the porn, and it's not the nudity. It's the it's the masturbating. The public masturbation is the only crime. It's yeah being committed here primarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody. I, I don't think anybody is jerking off. Like a homeless guy has just set up a, a nice seat there. And they <laughs> turned over the uh, newspaper box and just like sit and jerk off to the day nudas. Okay, no. here's the solution. Okay. It isn't that you need to necessarily block certain stuff, although you should on some of them. I say leave the internet off on all of them east of 8th Avenue and then enable the ones currently on 8th Avenue with full internet. They get everything. Now you pull up the kiosks, move them two blocks west, west, and then uh, now the ones that provide porn are over on 10th Avenue. Okay, You leave them there for three months, and then you move them two blocks west again and enable everything west of 10th Avenue with full internet, right? And so all the kiosks are moving into the porn zone slowly, two blocks at a time, every three months. And then you get to 12th Avenue, right? When you, and now the kiosks that started on 8th Avenue are on the West Side Highway. And three months later, you move them all two blocks west again. The ones on the West Side Highway would cross the Hudson into New Jersey. Into New Jersey, then yeah. we're done. And then you set them up along Port Emporial Boulevard and... Uh, 
uh, a river road, maybe start at Henley Place, which is where the dueling grounds were near uh, where yeah, Aaron Burr. Yeah, in Hoboken. That's all we're doing. Send them to Weehawken. <laughs> Send them to West New York. All of you over there. And now we get rid of the homeless people, too. That like homeless this. problem, done. Just Pied Piper them, you know, with, yeah. with free porn. <laughs> Right out of the city. It's the Pied Piper technique. <laughs> it's a thought, of, though. Of masturbation management. <laughs> I think it would work. <laughs> I really like this idea. I think, and you go, and then you set up a bus to free internet this yeah, way. You know, just a, an express bus. Yeah, a, sh- a ferry. Yeah. <laughs> there could be a ferry across the Hudson. Wouldn't that be a happy ferry? It would. We're all going to go masturbate now. Oh, this is great. It's going to be like old times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting nervous in the middle of that uh, explanation because I actually live on 12th Avenue. I know you live over yeah, there. Yeah. I, was, uh, I don't know. I don't like where this is going, Pat. But you only got to tolerate it for three months. Three months. And then we're mo- and then we're moving them all off. Three months of nonstop masturbating in and around my apartment. Well, yeah. you know, you got to look big picture. I do. I'm, I'm for think the the city too. For the common good. Here's some exciting news. If you live in Indiana, you don't have to go all the way to Sweden to see me do stand up. Uh, which people can catch you here in New York City too. Yeah, all the time. Play. But you can see me in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, the downtown Crackers Club. That's Crackers, downtown Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, uh, rather. And I'll be there October 26th to the 29th. October 26th through October 29th. That's six shows at Crackers, downtown. Don't miss it. The rare opportunity. To see me headlining for money. <laughs> Save the date, Indiana. <laughs> I'm telling you, get your tickets. It will sell out if they sell enough tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's a keeper. Don't miss it. Yeah. Come that. come then, October 26th through 29th. Now, a 19-year-old robbery suspect uh, is, is back in, in custody after es- escaping, for crying out loud. Dwayne McClary, 19, escaped around 8 p.m., uh, in Crown Heights, and they uh, they located, they brought him back into police custody. Short story and uh, and a sweet story. They got him, they brought him back, and uh, people are really. Uh, he was handcuffed and he, and he fled in in his cuffs. It, it seems as if people are running away from the cops and getting away with it a little bit more than they used to. And nineteen, I mean, he's back, I, but you know, still. When I was nineteen, I don't think I could have committed a robbery. Uh, much less escape the police in handcuffs. I mean, this is a very accomplished 19-year-old. Yeah, criminally, he's, yeah. He's got a bright future in, in crime. Sure, he has a number of arrests in his background. <laughs> a woman been charged in the fatal stabbing of a 22-year-old mother in Brownsville. And uh, we discussed this on New York City Crime Report, uh, NYC Crime Report on, on Compound Media. And I want you to please, 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 if you're not looking at that yet, you got to check it out. It's worth it. Uh, it's uh, it's a very funny show. Clayton was on last episode, and uh, as were uh, uh, many others. You know, I think you could see what I look Mandy like. Mandy was on there, yeah. <laughs> By the way, uh, Mandy told me that her dad listened to the episode that had you on it, the most, the one from last, uh, the last episode of this show, and he subscribed to your podcast as a result. How about that? See, so, there's one new listener. <laughs> Thank That's you, Mandy's a, dad. I, I think we emphasized it quite quite a lot that that it was uh, Broadway radio, Broadway comedy club radio, Broadway with comedy Al club. Martin and Clayton Fletcher, the great, the great Al Martin. He is great, and and the, and the also great Clayton Fletcher. I I interviewed a. Uh, Al will have a segment on that a little bit later. Uh, Shenia Williams, 20, charged with murder and criminal possession of a weapon. you got to get that weapons charge in there. Yeah, it's not enough to just murder. Gives you a little leverage if you're trying to uh, make a plea bargain with them, I guess. Yeah, the more charges, the better. There's a lawyer who said... 
the more charges, the better. So as many possible charges, because that gives the jury a lot more leeway on as far as convictions. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we're not going to charge you with this, but we'll give you ten years for that, and you know, that sort of thing. That gives, yeah, I guess they have some sort of mobility then. Yeah, mobility. Yeah. And right. the young, the young woman's nine-month-old son was in a stroller near the attack. He wasn't injured. So I guess it was some sort of an argument, and uh, yeah, uh, here's a quote from one of the neighbors. She didn't deserve to die like that. She was a good person. <laughs> it was yeah. her best friend and emo- was emotional, and she spoke. She didn't deserve to die like that. She was a good person. And I, I, I tend to believe he didn't deserve to be knifed in the street in front of your kid. Yeah, no one's ever like, yeah, I, I saw this coming a mile away. So, yeah, she, You know what? She was kind of a bitch. Good riddance. Always talking to people <laughs> in a disrespectful manner. She was rude. Uh now, a news story here. A campaign staffer charged with stalking Staten Island Assemblyman Ronald Castorina Jr. has filed a lawsuit, a $1 million lawsuit against him for calling her emotionally disturbed and mentally unstable in the media. I, I'm already on this guy's side. Yeah. If you call somebody emotionally disturbed and mentally unstable and then they immediately file suit for a $1 million, case proven. Yeah, it's, it's tough to defend against that. I mean, come on, what are you doing? 55-year-old Marilyn Selamare. She volunteers for Janine Materna. That's his opponent in next Tuesday's primary, Mr. Castorina's opponent in, uh, I guess... Uh, uh, Staten the, 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 It's re- got to be Staten Island. Sta- recent primary. Okay, yes, it is Staten Island, yeah. the Forgotten Borough. He's a Staten Island assemblyman, and uh, she claims she's never met the Republican in- incumbent, according to the lawsuit, and she was charged last week with harassing Castorina by allegedly sending... Three cryptic letters to him and his parents. Cryptic letters. To his parents, though? And like To him and his parents, Why yeah. do you have to get his parents involved? Mm. Can't you mm. just send a cryptic letter to the candidate? My guess would be, that might be that she's emotionally disturbed and mentally <laughs> unstable. <laughs> Another point in your favor. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had somebody, uh, a woman you're dating, who tried to, try to go over your head to the parents? Oh, man. I, I, I had one girl in high school that I was dating pretty seriously, had such a crush on my dad. My dad was a, uh, a jazz musician and pretty wow. really cool guy. Yeah, and, okay. Uh, it was Valentine's Day, and uh, she, she bought him flowers. So my father got flowers from my girlfriend. Uh, from your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that was confusing as a 15, 16-year-old boy. I'm feeling things that I don't want to be feeling right now. <laughs> Yeah, I would say you were, you must have been filled with rage. I was filled with rage, but also I was kind of proud of my dad. The old yeah. man still got it. <laughs> well, how you did know? he feel? Like, what did your dad do? Yeah, I mean, he was just confused, and he's like, "Oh, uh, you know, thank you." Uh, it's kind of weird, and like, I turns out he was fucking her the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wouldn't do that. He didn't like you red. To pull you aside for a talk. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Son, yeah, yeah. there's certain things. Yeah. Well, don't. I don't know why she sent you flowers. She hasn't been sleeping well lately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Mm. Yeah, that old line. Mm. Uh, no, I, I, look, I've I've had experience with crazy women and stalkers and things. Now, a lot of people don't know this. I used to work at Bush Gardens, uh, the theme park in Virginia, as a singer. Did anybody know that? No, I, very few <laughs> people of, know that. A this. lot of people don't know that. Very this. few people don't know You worked that. at Bush Gardens in Tampa. And no, the one in, in Virginia, Williamsburg, Virginia. Oh, okay, I see. And uh, I actually had uh, a fan. I, I, I guess you could call her a fan, uh, more of a stalker. We had to do meet and greet after the show. Now, we did the same it's show. It's like fan squared, really. Yeah, right. right. We had to do... <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> we had... 
uh, four shows a day, the exact same show. And this girl would come four days a week and watch me do the same sh- exact show four times a day. So 16 times a week, she would wow. watch me perform this exact same show. Now, now what show was this? It was called Totally Television. <laughs> and we, we wore sequins and we sang your favorite TV theme songs. Come and knock on our door. That was one of mine. No yeah. kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe I hit it on the first yeah, try. That really? was one of my big numbers. Yeah. That's, Three's yeah. Company. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, we have a lovable space that needs your face. <laughs> I mean, great lyrics. What, there. A, what else? I mean, uh, I mean, any kind of TV lyric, so, all the way up to like the theme from Friends. Oh, right. You know? yeah. I'll be there for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I could see where somebody could get sort of become fixated on this kind of thing, you know, because these are songs that you hear all the time. And maybe, right. it, maybe they, that probably gave her like a. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're a great singer and you look great in sequins. And I really do. <laughs> I mean, you'd be surprised. But you have to blame the material a little bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> stalker-ready. You do. I mean, it's people that have watched the same TV show a million times, and now they hear you singing that song. It brings back memories, mm-hmm. whatever. And she's an unstable teenage girl. Uh, oh, she was a teenager. carved my name into her uh, forearm with a razor blade, at which time I asked the stage manager, do I still have to do meet and greet? <laughs> Can I skip that for the next show now that I've seen a bloody forearm? Is that cool if I uh, don't do this anymore? She showed this to you at the meeting. She showed it to me. She's like, you know, I I told you I love you, and uh, here's proof. Now, you have a reasonably long name, Clayton Fletcher. (laughs) Well, she didn't. (laughs) She just wrote Fletch. They used to call me Fletch, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Five little letters. What's the big deal? Well, six, but who's counting? Don't oh, forget six, the T. F-L-E-T. If you oh, yeah. if you carve my name into your wrist, don't forget the T. <laughs> <laughs> that's really something. That's that's a new level. That's beyond a tattoo in a way. I guess I guess that would heal though. I mean, was it like deep enough where it's going to really scar? I mean, I hope not. I mean, I hope she doesn't still have it. You know, now that she's thirty-seven. And did you ever see her again? Well, I I did get out of meet and greet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she actually asked. You like, think they would just like block her from coming to the meet great so that you could still enjoy this experience? Hey, of... I was happy to take lunch 10 minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Wow. I mean, like what other songs? I got to know. Oh, yeah, we did. You know, I'll be there for you. I did Cheers. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go. I mean, how could you not <laughs> fall in love? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. How could you not fall in love with a guy in sequin yeah. singing that song? I mean, yeah. come on, let's yeah. get serious. I mean, uh, uh, those were the days. How about that one? That oh would, that yeah, been a great Boy, one. The way Glenn Miller yeah. played. Songs in my <laughs> You could have been in totally yeah, television. Could... <laughs> <laughs> we're editing all this out. I hope so. A Brooklyn woman has been living with the corpse of her adult son for nearly a decade. Her remains were found in an upstairs bed in the woman's home. It was on Avenue N. That's deep uh, down, I guess, near Coney Island Way, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, Midland maybe is what it is. It's almost down there. But the unified, unidentified relative who came to who discovered it, a woman who was uh, or a man, I guess it's uh, not uh, really germane, but uh, whoever it was uh, came to pick up the woman a couple of things because she was hospitalized. And so, like, you need your slippers, uh, and and uh, would you like me to bring? any part of the skeletal remains of your son, which I discovered. You might have prepped me for that. You know yeah. what I mean? You might have said, don't go up there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's where my son is, you know, the one that died that you haven't seen in 20 years. years. Yeah. yeah, they haven't seen him. The family hadn't seen him in 20 years, and 10 years ago he died. Wow. So I don't know what the last 10 years of this guy's life were like. 
But uh, I'd say he was basking in the approval of his mother. I'm sure he was. I think he's probably happier to be dead. Former taxi driver. He very well may be. I mean, it might have been that he was under her thumb for some reason. And that, I mean, because I, I only think that because of the control type of, of, of feeling that I get from somebody who wants to keep the corpse like that. Yeah. You know, maybe he was one of those never call, never write sons. Yeah, it could have been. Or maybe they just had a hotel together. Yeah, it does sound very <laughs> suspiciously psycho-esque, doesn't it? I just wonder about somebody who keeps a dead body. Like, what do you do with it all that time? Puppet shows? Or, I mean, do you work on your ventriloquism? Or... I mean, you could use it as a mannequin. Try yeah, on outfits. I suppose. You, know? you could dress it up. I'm sure she dressed it up. Yeah. He was laying in a bed. Outfits. You know, he yeah. wasn't... See, this thing, he wasn't stuffed in a box. No. He was, he was laid out. like Just out know, there. Just yeah. enjoying a rest. Just hanging out. <laughs> He'll be back. <laughs> Uh, a wealthy New York landlord allegedly used a posh Central Park West pad as a base for drugging and raping at least four women. He had a he had a rape base. Yeah. Usually when you're on base, that means you're safe. Right, right? not in this case. No, no. it means you're in trouble. Uh, after taking explicit videos of them in various uh, unconscious and therefore presumably non-consensual sex acts. I don't guess you can consent to sex if you're asleep, right? I don't think so. I never have. I mean, you can't say no. <laughs> but uh, well, I, now they have affirmative consent mm -hmm. where it needs to be, I I agree to have sex with you right now. Yeah. That's, yeah. If you I, get, well, I've also heard of enthusiastic consent. Yeah, that's where the kind you have I to like. Be, yeah, <laughs> you have to go get your pom-poms. Yeah, that's the one I like. Yeah. Hold on a second. Yeah. Give me an S. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, consent isn't enough for me. I like enthusiastic consent. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 unless you're, I think, do you want to have sex? Yeah. Nah, forget and it. That's no good. No. You I don't, don't even seem excited, much less enthusiastic. No, I'm, I need someone who is just falling all over themselves <laughs> to legally do this. I just, I, I really am so happy that I'm not a young man. I'm glad I'm married. Yeah, you don't have to worry about these things no. anymore. However, this guy seems like a full-on rapist. He has evidence to show it. His name is uh, Elysio Adorno, and he got a lot of money. 67 years old, hit with a 54-count indictment in July for the vile acts, allegedly committed inside a swanky two-bedroom apartment at the Langham. That's over there at 135 Central Park West rents for eighty five hundred dollars a month. I mean, nice if you want to rape town. in style, yeah. If you want a truly swanky rape pad, <laughs> you gotta you gotta spend a little money. You gotta splurge. Now uh, it says each image and video depicts an asleep or unconscious woman, photographed in the most intrusive way imaginable. I think that depends on who's doing the imagining. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I just don't know what what this could be. I assume, I mean, like you, you, once you've like spread apart her ass cheeks <laughs> and you, that's her butthole. No, see, this is the problem with phrasing it this way in the article because it makes every man's mind go to, and probably a lot of women's minds go to, what exact position is that? That's every imaginable one. The most, what is it? The, what is it? The most, he says, <laughs> the uh, most despicable. This revealing... the Manhattan prosecutor, Melanie Soberall. Yeah. Yeah, she says each image and video depicts an asleep or unconscious woman photographed in the most intrusive way intrusive imaginable. Way each imagine. one is the most <laughs> intrusive. This guy was all butthole. Wow, that's very intrusive. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess anything when you're asleep is you could say, well, that's the most intrusive thing possible. Still, I can imagine what he has, what he has done to these victims. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's got to be like a colonoscopy. I can imagine some more intrusive. I'm, I'm just being... It dip- more so than, than just straight up uh, into the butthole. Right. It, that seems like that's pretty much, you know, that, that's where it ends. What, and what for could many there be? people, that is the most intrusive imaginable. Okay, what know? do you think? But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a... I have a very active imagination. Uh, tell me. I'd rather I, not if there, if there was I'd ever r- a safe <laughs> place for this conversation, it is this very public one. I'd rather not Well, say. what do you... I, I, I think you're bluffing. You're a card player. <laughs> Maybe. What he's done to these victims and taking these pictures, not just of himself engaging in sexual acts with the victims, but of the victims' bodies in the most intrusive, outrageous, unthinkable wow. angles and views, Jeez. they couldn't be more violated. Now... I'm, I disagree. My curiosity... They could potentially be more violated. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen what he's done. I, but I mean, it must be. I guess if so, it's just, you know, all the rules are off the table. Right. She's asleep. I can do whatever I want to her body. What would I do? I just object to this prosecutor's use of superlatives. Yeah. You know, what your what your your most imaginable might be different than mine. I, I, it might be. I don't see how. <laughs> I just don't know what you got. You got the the vagina, right? And you've got between the ass cheeks. But Pat, there's lighting, right? There's different ways to light. But she said lit in the most <laughs> obscenely intrusive way, outrageous, unthinkable angles. Unthinkable. How, what could be unthinkable? It must be thinkable. Someone thought it. Yeah, it must be thinkable because, like, <laughs> if if it was a consensual thing, so that's just an unthinkable angle for a shot. Maybe she's like she was. Took a minor in, in, in you know, f- uh, film. Right. You know, and she's really just concerned with the quality of his right. work. Yeah. Because right. this is just, be- this is unthinkable. It's distastefully done. Have you seen porn? <laughs> we can imagine it. Yeah. Unless, what is he calling in a chimp and just like, yeah, fucker, you know? That's I mean, what like, I'm saying. Well, I mean, there are ways to make it worse. <laughs> but I think that would be mentioned. I think <laughs> okay. that wouldn't be seen as an angle. <laughs> yeah, the, we've gone beyond lighting into bestiality. Yeah, this, this is not yeah. just intrusive. Right. <laughs> intrusive. It's capital I intrusive. The prosecutor urged Justice Jill Conviser to hold. I guess she's just speaking that way. Just to make sure that oh, it's yeah. like it's not like he just put his dick on her cheek. No, no, it's much more. But she could have just said that, right? <laughs> she could have just said it's not like he just teabagged her. She should have said that because that wouldn't have me thinking about what exactly he did. I just can't imagine, and and you apparently can. You're <laughs> reluctant to discuss it at length, but he has access to tremendous resources. So she wants to uh, hold him without bail, you know, because she figures that he'll run. He's a native of Puerto Rico, by the way. No. Uh, no power in Puerto Rico. Or no. the millions of people without power. No. The alleged crime was uncovered when one of the women discovered shocking footage on Adorno's iPhone. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta guard that evidence. You know, if you're a a, a serial rapist with a high end apartment on the west side of Central Park, hmm. you might want to password protect your cell phone. Just, Just saying. It it seems reasonable to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She discovered the shocking footage on his phone. How? How did she just... They laid it down, you know? Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to use the bathroom. Here, feel free to watch YouTube or something. I'll be back in 10 minutes. He's like, oh, I've got another phone just for the toilet. Yeah. That's why (laughs) he's showing off. She's like, oh, don't forget your phone. Oh, no, I got five of them in here. Come on. This place eight thousand a month. I can afford two phones. Bogus moving company advertised on Craigslist. A new story here. Everybody hates... They think I segue without mentioning it. 
But uh, not this time. Oh, are you supposed to say it's a new story so, every time? Ex- apparently, that's what I'm supposed to do is like give a little break and then go. And now, (laughs) (laughs) shifting gears now to this story. What about crimes of moving? (laughs) I don't think you should take that. Whoever gave you that advice, Pat, just do what you do. Go on to the next story. Okay, you don't have to say. And now a new story. And now, without warning, (laughs) I move on. It's jarring for the listeners. I thought we were talking about rape. I thought there was some connection between these movers. Uh, they advertised on Craigslist. They took three New Yorkers' personal items, furniture, and family heirlooms, and they, mm. and they ran away. Uh, and it's one victim is a 33-year-old woman. Hired him on July 1st to move her valuables out of storage in the Bronx to her new place in uh, in Man- Midtown's posh Mercedes house. She paid $600 up front. They loaded up $15,000 worth of items. And uh, never to be seen again. She grew suspicious while waiting in the storage unit for the men to return for the rest of her belongings, discovered the truck was gone. Uh, Yes, she said she was livid. She was just floored. She broke down crying. Uh, She says, I think they are the scum of the earth. Well, it certainly is a, uh, a, 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 a pretty unexploited sort of a scam there. You know what I mean? Like movers, when do you check the credentials of your movers? When of you course gotta... you do. I mean, would you ever put all of your valuables into the truck of a person that you haven't done a, a check on? I mean, yeah. I, I feel sorry for people who have never heard of Yelp. Like, all you have to do is like, what is this moving company? Oh, yeah. Uh, one star. They stole all my shit. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll try a different moving company. They stole, but they didn't break anything. No, so. no. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. yeah. One seemingly. Uh, uh, well, okay. Here, here, there were red flags. Is what red flags. What I was trying to get to. Yeah. She says the... there were red flags. One seemed abnormally small for a mover. <laughs> like I could pick up my furniture more successfully. The other guy was dressed to the nines and wouldn't make eye contact with me. Right. Yeah. That sounds pretty shady. Yeah. Why are you if wearing it, a tuxedo? If you're mover is saying, <laughs> can you give me a hand with this? <laughs> and the and the short guy thing, I think she's just trying to do a sick burn. Yeah, you stole 40 grand worth of my stuff, but you're short, buddy. Mm-hmm. Or even now. Well, not short, abnormally small. Abnormally small. Well, for small. a mover, though, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think that she's expecting, uh, you know, a burly man, and, and that, that probably is typically what you get. Usually it's a Russian guy. Now, uh, yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, my name is Vlad. I'm yeah. going to move your couch. Yeah, actually, I, I, actually, the people who moved me, I believe the guy was a Russian. They're guy. always yeah. Russian, and they're big and burly, and they like one guy can carry your like couch. Two days earlier, the <laughs> fake movers were hired by a husband and wife to move their contents of their Upper West Side place to uh, at the luxury South Park uh, Tower into a hostel, a uh, Harlem storage uh, facility, into a hostel. They're moving into a hostel. <laughs> from, from South Park Tower into a hostel. South Park Tower. Uh, yeah. No, uh, there, he says there was a bunch of fishy things. Uh, he's a software engineer. First of all, the men showed up two and a half hours late. Well, that's not fishy at all. That's <laughs> that's standard for the operating yeah. procedure. That should be reassuring to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Like, these guys legit. are on the level. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they didn't bring any dollies, anything to cover the furniture, anything the, stu- the stuff that movers uh, use. He said they came empty-handed. I suppose that yeah, is a red flag. You might have thought, hey, you're not going to wrap any of this stuff up. You're not going to. Okay. The men insisted they were pros, and they were desperate. They had to be out of their apartment the next day. So they loaded the truck and they refused to take the heaviest furniture, claiming there was no room. That's pretty funny. Like even 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 in this situation, proving to be lazy, like it's heavy. We're not yeah, gonna, we'll come back for there's, that. There's no room. <laughs> yeah, you know? we, we can't get anything for that old couch. And here's insult to injury. They 
Uh, they had quoted him a price of $165, charged him $768. Yeah. So even even did the regular kind of robbery that a mover might do right. by just padding the bill. Now, when I've, when I've had movers help me with various moves. Now, when you live in New York, just so everyone knows, you typically change addresses every three to four months. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're constantly moving here, and everyone I know is always moving. I actually settled into residences uh, a little longer here than, oh, yeah? than the normal. Yeah, and oh, I, don't, I, can't, I can't say... Well, one... one place that I had the rent wasn't going up because oh, well, it was in yeah. receivership and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those those you stay. You at. stay, yeah. If you got a situation like that, you don't blow it yeah. by trying to see what else is out there. But, but people do move around quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. A it's lot. a lot of moving. And one thing I fully expect is that as soon as the Russian guys show up, they're gonna start sizing me up. Like how big of a sucker is this guy? We told him 150. Can we get 700? <laughs> no, let's try for 400. The, I had one scam. Uh, I, I don't mind saying Imperial Movers. Don't use them. Uh-huh. Uh, they parked in front of my building on a on a Sunday afternoon and said that if the police gave me a, them a ticket for double parking in front of my building, that I would have to pay that ticket. And uh, wow, yeah. So uh, of course, at the end of the move, lo and behold, they come up to my door with a. Uh, a parking ticket mm-hmm. and say, you know, this is $95. We need you to add this to the bill. You signed a document that said you would pay the the parking ticket. Uh, it's a Sunday and you're allowed to park on this street on Sundays. And by the way, this parking ticket is from three years ago. Uh. So they're trying to, they probably use this same parking ticket to get an extra $95. And, from, and you pointed that out to them right away. I mean, I noticed it immediately. Yeah. And I looked at it for a little while and I said, uh, why don't you guys just get the hell out like, of here? How do I word this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying you at all, though. Yeah, fill in the blank. Go blank yourself. Man, mm. that is that's that is disgusting. Yeah, and this is the kind of stuff they do. I mean, to be honest, Pat, th- this may come as a shock to you and many of your listeners, mm-hmm. but the moving industry, not the most... On the up and up. Not the most scrupulous of, uh, of businesses. That's, that is shocking. I know. I, I want you guys to pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> I apologize. Good, though. I'm sorry for what the bad man said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just edit that out. Yeah, the, I, man, I feel the, bad. the men unloaded the lightest, least valuable items like clothes and kitchen stuff. Uh, and then when they went back to the truck to unload, because see, this guy, the, like I said, there was extortion. They said, we want this much money. And the guy said, I had to pay him. They had my stuff. So he, he he before they unloaded anything, yeah. they want money. That's also a bad sign. Yeah, that's there's a sense that they have you by the balls. Yeah, and I've never had that. I've right. never had. I mean, I've had. I've been by the balls, but I've never had a, a mover say like, "Well, uh, before we give you your stuff, pay up." Yeah, they're, they're holding your stuff ransom at that point. Yeah, which is of course illegal. They left with forty thousand dollars worth of possessions. Uh, they stole our most important belongings. He said, "My wife's wedding jewelry." all of our documents, and they broke our trust. You just can't trust <laughs> strangers in New York City anymore. With all of your possessions. With all of your stuff. I tell you, I feel yeah. so bad for these people. There's they, some people who would just take advantage of the fact they have $40,000 worth of your stuff <laughs> in their truck just because they're criminals. <laughs> you, th- you think you can trust? I just thought that was amusing, and they broke our trust. They broke our trust, That's yeah. the most hurt thing yeah. That, that I that I would think it broke your trust when you when you're accused of cheating on your girlfriend or your wife and she says you know what what hurts the most is the, 
the lying. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. It's the having sex with all those other women. That's what probably bothered you more. I, I would think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it, it would certainly... The lying also sucks. Yeah. yeah. So don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's there's hardly a bright spot here. But... <laughs> there's no silver lining to this cloud. But you've never cheated on anybody. No. I'm wrong? No, that's, that's of course, wrong. You have cheated. Yeah, I think everyone has. Oh, okay. I've never cheated on my wife. Oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> never cheated on your wife. Yeah, thank you for that. I have never cheated on my wife. I have uh, cheated on wives, uh, but not this one. Right. The current, the current, my current wife yes. is gigantic. She could kick your ass She's if she physic- had to. She's physically strong, uh, stronger than any wife I've previously had. Is she here? Yes. <laughs> She looks like she's ready to kick your ass right now. I thought I saw a shadow move, and I go, no, that's just, well, I guess we're going to shift topics. She snuck in. (laughs) I knew you were here. I was fucking with you. Well, that's the show. Clayton Fletcher, where do we we find you? Where are you going to be? You got something coming up you'd like to talk about? I'm headlining at the Stockholm Comedy Club in Stockholm, Sweden. You hear that, Sweden? Royal Stockholm. I know, Pat, I know you have a lot of listeners in Stockholm. You would be surprised. I have have Swedish fans uh, who bought a couple of T-shirts, and those shirts will be on the way very soon if they haven't arrived yet. In fact, I'm certain they haven't arrived yet. I'm pretty sure they're not in the mail yet. But well, just guys, give me, I'll take them. These I'll are t- guys. <laughs> these are tattoo guys that are serious tattoo artists. I yeah. mean, they're very, very good. They do some stuff that uh, it's amazing. And I'll, I'll give. I'm going to give their names next week. Uh, it's a bit of a cliffhanger. But I'm, I'm saying hi to my Swedish fans. You uh, better send those shirts because one thing I've <laughs> learned in my life is you do not mess with a the Swedish Swedish tattoo artist. Don't fuck artist. with those neutral motherfuckers. <laughs> You do, if you promise them a t-shirt and you don't deliver They will compromise their neutrality yeah. in an instant <laughs> They're coming, of course And I appreciate those guys They listen to the show uh, as they work, I, I hear it So thanks, guys And, and uh, Clayton, you'll be at the headlining in Stockholm when? Yeah, Stockholm Comedy Club, October 2nd through 8th uh, you can get your tickets. Oh man, that's soon. Yeah, coming up soon. Is that after this comes out? I hope not. No, no, we'll no. get it right up. Yeah, good. Stockholm, the, the yeah. second through the eighth. Yeah. Hey, I have a treat. Here's a, here's some exciting news. If you live in Indiana, you don't have to go all the way to Sweden to see me do stand up. Uh, which people could catch you here in New York City too. Yeah, all the time, play. But you can see me in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, the downtown Crackers Club. That's Crackers downtown Indiana, uh, Indianapolis uh, rather, and I'll be there October 26th to the 29th. October 26th through October 29th at six shows at Crackers downtown. Don't miss it. The rare opportunity to see me headlining for money. <laughs> Save the date, Indiana. <laughs> I'm telling you, get your tickets. It will sell out if they sell enough tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's a keeper. Don't miss it. Yeah. Come, come then. October 26th through 29th. Clayton C. in Stockholm. Check out my Twitter, at Clayton Comic. Mm-hmm. Tweet at me if you're coming to the shows in Stockholm, and uh, I'll show you some love. And, uh, yeah, follow at Mandy Stat, you know, since she's here and everything. All right. Thanks uh, one more time, Clayton Fletcher. Shout out to Mandy's dad. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over? Find out how to get extra content and bonus material from this and other shows. Go to patreon.com slash NYC. Check it out. Support New York City Crime Report. Go to patreon.com slash NYC.